That's the title of the series, The Process of Faith. And we looked at a scripture in the book of Peter. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 9, it says, Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Now, in the context of that verse, it's talking about in a time of temptations, tests, all kinds of trials and adversity in your life. And he said, but you receiving the end of your faith. In other words, there's an end of your faith. There's an end to your faith. The end of your faith is that you got through the trial. The end of your faith is that you got to the point of the manifestation of the promise of God and its fulfillment in your life. You experience the blessings of God based upon what you have believed. And so, as a believer in the midst of a trial, thank God, you can know that there's an end to the trial, there's an end to the test, and there's an answer that's going to happen in your life. The end of your faith is the manifestation of God's power for your life. Amen? All right, then we looked at a scripture in Mark chapter 11, verse 24. We uh, look at that verse in the light of, it is the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is this, in Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. What things soever you desire when you pray. So we shared with you that desire is essential in any prayer of faith. You must have a strong desire. All right, so when you desire something, he said, if you ask, he said, pray. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. Or other translations say, believe that you have received them. Or one translation says, believe that you have it already. Another one says, believe that you got it. So, very simple. Believe that you've received it. Believe that you got it. Believe that you have it already. And when do you believe that? When you pray. You believe at the point of your prayer that you have received. He said, believe that you have received them and you shall have them. The having them is the actual manifestation that is when the answer shows up. The mail gets to the house, so to speak. Or uh, the healing happens in your body in the, in the sense of there is a total manifestation of healing. The end of your faith. Receiving the end of your faith is having or possessing uh, the promise of God fulfilled in your life. Okay, so then, as a believer who has prayed and believed that you have received, then uh, you're looking past your circumstances presently, and you're looking to the end of your faith. You're believing that you have received the actual end. Are you with me? But there is, most of the time, a time between the time you pray the prayer of faith and the time that you actually receive the full manifestation or the answer to your prayer in your life. So there is an interim time. There is an in-between time. There is a time that you have to maintain your focus of faith because you still have those circumstances. You still have physical issues in your body or you still have uh, financial problems in your life or you still have relational problems maybe in your uh, family or we could go on about anything that you are personally confronted with or any uh, trial or test that you are going through. Uh, so then, when you're faced with those circumstances, you see the things uh, around you, and uh, you uh, feel those emotions, or you have those natural reasonings that you have to deal with, or thoughts, 
or imaginations that come to your mind, you have to evict them or you have to cast down those imaginations and those high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity uh, to the obedience of Christ those thoughts. All right, so when those thoughts come, how do you resist them? You focus on the promise. You look to the promise of God and you say what God said in the Word. Amen. So you maintain your focus of faith and you take those thoughts captive by speaking the Word and speaking the Word diligently or faithfully. All right, so then when you're in that point of test or in that in-between time, stay focused on the Word. Maintain your faith and your sights on the end. In other words, you're looking not only at the promise of God, but you're looking at what that promise is going to fulfill, and you're seeing the answer. You're seeing beyond what you see naturally. You're seeing beyond what you feel or what your emotional emotions are uh, or how they're being affected uh, by what's going on around you. So you can uh, get a grip on your emotions or you can get a grip uh, on your speech or your, your talking, your words. Or you can get a grip on your feelings. Why? Because the Word of God has the power to change an emotion. Faith in God has the power to change your feelings. And uh, the Scripture says, uh, just another way that you can approach tests and trials, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations. doesn't mean you're happy that that happened. It means that you're having joy in the Lord in spite of what has happened, in spite of your circumstances. In the world you shall have tribulation, Jesus said, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Meaning that Jesus has overcome the world and he has the victory already. And so you're seeing beyond what your circumstances are talking to you or saying to you. You're seeing beyond that. You're seeing the victory that Jesus has already wrought for you and the promise of God tells you that it belongs to you as well and all the promises of God in him are yes and amen so you count it all joy and you rejoice in Jesus and rejoice in the promise of God and rejoice in what God has promised to you amen so again your focus is on the promise not on the problem and certainly we understand it affects you Emotionally affects your mind, affects your thoughts, but we have to resist those things and cast them down. Then we looked at Hebrews chapter 11. What does Hebrews 11 verse 1 say? Now faith is a substance of things, what? Hoped for. Hope is another word for desire, isn't it? Hope is a favorable, confident expectation. So your expectation, hope is future. You have a, an expectation that things are changed in your life for the better, that you're healed in your body, uh, the need is supplied, your family is restored, or whatever you're believing for, you're hoping for something that is beyond what you actually have experienced, right, in your life. So faith gives substance to that hope or that desire or that expectation. But it's also the evidence of things not seen. So faith is a substance of things that you don't see or the evidence of things that you don't see. 
All right, you don't see it with your natural eye. You don't feel it with your natural body or you don't uh, have uh, the emotion of joy and ecstasy or ex uh, because of what has happened in your body. No, you're not really happy about being sick or you're not really happy about the circumstance that you're faced with, but you're happy in God because you know God's Word is true and God's promises are good and He's going to fulfill His promise and you're looking to the end of your faith. You're looking beyond what you see, what you feel, what your emotions are telling you or what your reasoning is telling you or the images that you may see that things are not getting better or not going to be better. You say, no, I believe I have received. What I believe I have received, I believe I have received healing. I believe I have received my needs supplied. I believe I have received, hallelujah, I believe that I have received the restoration in a relationship or restoration in my family. I believe I have received my child saved or my parents saved or, you know, so you're believing that you have received, glory to God forever, in the face of things that say it's not going to happen circumstances that tell you it's not going to happen. Well, uh, I'm believing according to the promise of God. And I'm focusing on something beyond what I can see naturally with my eyes. So faith is what? Evidence of things that are not seen. Faith is based upon the known will of God. Or we could say faith is based upon the word of God. Or faith is based upon the promises of God. The faith that you have is based, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It's based on the Word of God. So you have a word from God, and it is a sure word of prophecy. It is a word clearly written in the Bible that God has no intention of changing. In fact, He cannot change because God Himself cannot change, and He cannot lie. And He's already spoken it. It's already been said. And the reason He said it is because He was going to do it, and He did it in Christ, and then when when it was done in Christ, all the promises of God in Him are yes and amen. And so now you're just looking at the promises of God that's like having money in the bank. And God cannot alter His covenant nor the things that have gone out of His lips or out of His mouth. He cannot alter it and will not alter it because He cannot lie and He cannot change. Now covenants change because He made a better covenant. But God himself has always been a healer. God himself has always been a provider. He was a provider in the Old Testament. He was a healer in the Old Testament. He was a protector in the Old Testament. And he is the same today, right? So he didn't change, but he changed covenants and just made it better. So you have a better covenant established upon better promises. And Jesus is the surety or, according to Hebrews, the guarantee, surety or guarantee of this better covenant. So then Jesus is a guarantee that the promise of God is good to you and me. And when we look at the promise of God, we know Jesus is our guarantee. That's true. That's real. He's already done it. He's already put it in the bank. And the promise of God is good. All right. So what am I doing by faith? Faith is basically my currency to transact business. Okay. So I'm, yeah, I'm making a withdrawal, so to speak. Faith can withdraw on the provision of God or withdraw on the healing power of God or withdraw on whatever's in the bank. It's like if you had money in the bank and you have a debit card, then you can use that debit card as long as you got money in the bank. And then you can transact business, right? Because it's good. 
It's no good if you don't have a deposit or the money's not in the bank, but it's good as long as you have money in the bank. And so God has already made the deposit. All the promises of God in Him are yes. God's already said yes. He's already uh, declared a big yes to what He has promised, and it's in Christ. It's already yours. It already belongs to you. Thank you, Jesus. So then faith says it's mine. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. All right, so you're saying it's mine. I have it now. <laughs> now we're going to verse uh, in Hebrews 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him or to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He that comes to God must believe. All right, so he says it is impossible to please God without faith. So if you don't have faith, then it would be impossible to please him. Well, the starting of pleasing God is that you get saved, right? How do you get saved? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How are they going to hear if they don't have a preacher? That's what the scripture says. How are they going to preach if they weren't sent? Well, he says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So, in other words, somebody has to hear the gospel in order to believe. They're not going to believe if they don't hear because faith came by hearing. So, when they hear the gospel, they believe the gospel, and they call on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. So, the same principle is true about any other promise of God. Salvation is a promise of God. If somebody believes in it and they receive it, they get saved, get born again. They believe in your heart and they confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and salvation comes to their life. So, the same is true about healing. You, you believe in your heart what God said. It's a promise of God. You believe to receive that and then you acknowledge that it belongs to you and you confess that it's mine. And you receive. Praise God. So the manifestation of God's power is released in your life when you believe it in your heart and say it with your mouth. Amen. All right. So he says in this verse, again, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So faith is essential, wouldn't it be? Because we want to please God. If there's anything in our hearts, I believe, as a Christian, I believe there's anything in your heart that you want to do is you want to please God. So to please God, faith is essential. It's necessary, and he's given us the provision how we can get it, how we can receive faith by hearing the word of God. All right, so without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must what? Believe. To come to God, you must believe. Believe what? Believe that he is. Now, you understand, according to who God is, God has always been. So he always was, he is, and he is to come. So Jesus Christ is the same, what, yesterday, today, and forever. So when it comes to believing in God, obviously we believe that he was, and we believe that he will be. But you also need to believe that he is. In this verse, believe that he is, because faith is what? Now. Hope is future, but faith is now. And believe that he is means that he's present now. He can do something now. When God said to Moses, you go tell Pharaoh that I am sent you. That's an interesting phrase, isn't it? You just tell him I am sent you, which means I am right now. 
Well, when tomorrow shows up, he is then as well. But he is I am every day. So he is present every day, and his power is available every day. And he that comes to God must believe that he is. And then, what does it say? And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. A rewarder. Now, what is a reward? That is like uh, the prize. Remember, the Apostle Paul in Philippians says, I press toward the mark for the what? Prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The mark. For the prize. The reason you reach the goal is so that you can get the prize or the reward. I mean, if you're going to play football, you want to reach the goal line. You want to get across the line. Why? The reason is you want to score. Now, you want to celebrate all of your accomplishments all the way down the field, right? Celebrate all the way. I mean, right now we're believing God for full restoration in Pastor Vicky's body. We're celebrating all the progress downfield, so to speak, as we're going down the field. But we are looking to the end of our faith, and we're going to fa- finish, and we're going to cross the finish line, right? So we're going to score, praise God, and we're going to score, but we believe that we have received it, and we're just celebrating the progress all through the process. I said, we believe we have received it, and we're celebrating the progress all the way through the process. Praise God. To the end of our faith. Hallelujah. And we thank God all the way. And we count it all joy all the way. We rejoice that God's word is true. And we rejoice that God is faithful to do what he said he would do. And we rejoice in the promise of God. And we see his faithfulness daily. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So God is faithful. All right, in the process, you continue to keep your focus on God's promise. And you keep pressing toward the mark. You keep pressing toward the end of your faith. You, and what does he say? Those that diligently seek him. So diligence in that process is important. In other words, you keep seeking God's word. You keep seeking the face of God. You keep praying. You keep getting in His presence. You keep uh, saturating yourself in the Word and in the presence of God and in the Holy Spirit. So while you're doing that, it keeps you focused. You keep focused. And when, when, when your mind is challenged, you, you go back to the presence of God. You go back to the Word of God. And you begin to say what God says. And you begin to praise God. And count it joy and rejoice in the word. Rejoice in the promise of God. Because God is faithful. And his word is true. What he said he's going to do, he's going to do for you. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm just a believer. He's the performer. Amen. I said, I'm just a believer. You're just a believer. God is a performer. He's the one that is going to fulfill the promise of God in our experience. He's already made it good in Christ. It's in the bank. So we're going to rejoice. Hallelujah. And we're going to receive the end of our faith. Hallelujah. But it takes diligence and sticking with it. And not losing focus and not losing your, uh, your faith in God and trust in Him. Amen. So when you get distracted or circumstances are talking to you, because they do, you have to talk back. You have to say what God said. Agree with God. Agree with the promise. Don't focus on the problem. Focus on the answer. 
Focus on the, uh, on the promise of God. Focus on the Word of God and maintain your focus throughout the process. Hallelujah. Now let's go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. While we look not at the things which are seen. Well, when you're in the process, you have to look away, if you will. You have to look away from what you see. doesn't mean that you're denying that those things exist. It doesn't mean that you're denying, as we said, faith is not denying there is a mountain. Faith is facing the mountain in faith. Faith in God. Faith in the promise of God. So we do know that there is a mountain. We do know there is a challenge. There is a test. There is a fiery trial. There is uh, adversity. We do know that. We don't deny that there is, but we don't just focus our attention on it. You have to choose to look away from what you see, look away from what you feel, look away from your emotions, look away uh, from uh, thoughts and imaginations that come to your mind. You have, to, you have to choose to cast down those imaginations, and how you do it is you look to the promise of God. He said, look not. While we look not at the things which are seen. So we look not at the physical body or the ailment or the pain or whatever. So we look not at those things and we look to those things that are not seen. Now how do you look at something that is not seen? There's only one way you can look at things that are not seen. Is that is look with the eye of faith. Look with your spiritual eye because you have eyes of your heart. Paul's prayer in Ephesians 1 that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. You would know what is the hope of his calling, the eyes of your inner man, eyes of your heart, some translations say. All right, so then your, your inner eyes need to see. Your inner eyes can see things your natural eye can't see. So your spiritual eye can see that the promise of God is truth, that God's word to you is truth. So therefore, regardless of what I feel, I'm going to look at things that I don't see. Regardless of what I do see, I'm going to look at things that I don't see. Regardless of things that uh, are talking to you, circumstances that are talking to you, you're going to look beyond what you see, and you're going to look at things that you can't see with your natural eye, but you can see with your spiritual eye. And you're going to look to the promise of God, and your focus and your attention is going to be on that rather than on the problem. Your focus is on the promise. Not on the problem. Hallelujah. Not denying there is a problem, but we believe God can change the problem. Hallelujah. We believe God can change your situation. God can turn your captivity. God can turn things around for you. God is faithful to his word. God will perform his word. God will perform what he has said. What he has said, he's going to also do. Amen. So why we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. So I'm focusing on the promise of God and the provision of God in my life. All right, so in that focus, he says, for the things that are seen are what? Temporal. Meaning they're earthly, they're natural, they're temporal. But you could use the word temporary. 
In other words, all these natural things, this earth, anything in the natural is going to actually pass away. It's going gonna, it's gonna to dissolve. Even the whole earth is going to melt with fervent heat, according to Scripture. All right, so it's all temporary. So in my phone contact, I made a new contact for Pastor Vicki. Because she doesn't have her, like her full cell phone. There's too much activity, too much going on. So I made a new contact. And I have Vicki contact. It says temporary. Temporary meaning this is not going to last forever. This is not ongoing. This has an end. This is temporary. This is temporary, and we're looking beyond the temporary, and we're looking to the end of our faith, and we're seeing beyond what we see. The things that are seen are temporal or temporary, but the things that are not seen are what? Eternal. Hallelujah. So we have an eternal word from God. God's word is eternal. Redemption is eternal. Nothing in this world can alter or change this eternal word of God. That God has put in this eternal bank that is sealed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Redemption has sealed in the blood, and nothing can alter or change what Jesus Christ has done. And his promises are based on what Jesus has done for us and what God has done for us in the person of Jesus Christ. It is eternal. God's promise is unchanging, unchangeable. It's like God. He said it. It's his word. He cannot change. He cannot alter his covenant and his word that he has spoken out of his mouth. So therefore, Satan cannot win the fight of faith if you will keep your focus on the promise instead of letting your mind get distracted by the problem. If you keep your faith in the promise of God, which is eternal, we're looking at something that is eternal. We're focusing on something that is eternal and he has the power to change what is temporal I said it has the power to change what is temporal this earth was without form and void it was in chaos and God and Satan was in this earth the fallen Satan was in this earth but God said let there be light. When there was darkness and void and chaos, God spoke into the darkness and there was light. Hallelujah to Jesus. In other words, God wants you to speak right in the void and in the darkness. And God wants you to speak and agree with him, hallelujah. And God is able to put an end to the darkness. And God is able to bring the light right in the middle of your darkness. And God can turn your captivity what seemed like total loss. God says, it's not over. And we win. You're on the winning side. And God is for you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? God is on your side. He's with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. And he's with you in the time of He's with you in the time of trouble. He's with you in the fire. He's with you in the flood. He's with you no matter what you're facing in your life. He's with you for you, and he is going to get you through. 
Hallelujah. God is faithful. I said, God is faithful. Hallelujah. And we have an eternal promise. Hallelujah. I just told you that this earth is going to melt with fervent heat. How do I know that? The Bible said it will. In other words, God's going to bring an end to all trace of sin. Not only is he uh, in redemption brought an end to sin in your life, but he's going to bring an end to sin's effect on this earth, and there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. In other words, God is not going to let any trace of sin be left. He's going he's to wipe it all out. Praise God forever. And God is a renewer of all things. He makes all things new. And God's doing a new thing in you. Hallelujah. And when the devil says you're in trouble, God says I've got an answer. Hallelujah. When the devil says you are broke, God says I've got provision. When the devil says you are sick and your life is broken, God says healing is in your life. Healer is in your house. Jesus is living on the inside of you. The healer lives inside of you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. God is about to turn your captivity and turn things around. And when the devil said, it's your end, it's your demise, God said, it's a new time and a new season and a new beginning. And God turns your captivity and says, God is on your side. And the proof is here. It has arrived. Because you have received the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. So while in the process, maintain your focus. While in the process, keep looking at the promise. While in the process, keep, keep your eyes on the prize. Hallelujah. And the Word will work. And it will work for you. I said it will work for you. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, in the next chapter, verse 7 says, For we walk by what? Faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by natural sight, natural seeing, natural hearing, natural, natural perception, natural circumstances, feelings in your body, reasoning in your mind. We walk by faith and not by sight. We cast down imaginations in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and we bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ, and our focus is on Jesus, and our eyes are set on Him, and our Thoughts are set on Him, and our joy is in Him, and our strength is in Him, and our God is more than enough to put us over, to bring us through, to make us to win and carry us to the end of our faith to that place you have received, the end of your faith, the manifestation of God's goodness and blessing and provision and healing and whatever you need in your life, you have received. Hallelujah. Somebody say, the Lord is good. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the Holy Spirit.